Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Today we're chatting with Dr. Stephanie about easing test anxiety in kids and teens. Whether your child is undergoing standardized testing at school, prepping for college by taking the SATs or ACTs, or taking a weekly spelling test, there's always a little or a lot of test anxiety and pressure around around this testing. I'm always excited to talk with Dr. Stephanie. She's a regular on the podcast and contributor to our Produce for Kids blog. Dr. Stephanie is a clinical psychologist who works with families and is also a mom of three. Make sure to check out some of the past episodes with Dr. Stephanie, including episode three, managing screen time, episode 19, promoting positive body image with kids, and episode eight, anxiety around back to school for families. Let's get started with today's topic. Welcome back to the Healthy Family Project, Dr. Stephanie. Thank you so much. So it's definitely test taking season in our house. I, I'm, I'm feeling it. So I know many parents who struggle with the balance of making sure your kids know these tests are important and they should do their best, but not to be anxious about them. It's kind of like, you know, these are important. These are so important, so important, so important, but don't be stressed. Um, so what advice do you have for parents who are working to establish the importance of the test, but also manage the stress levels around them? Well, I think tests are a part of life, right? So um, they just seem to get more and more as kids get older, you know, spelling tests, standardized tests, and then they have physical tests and musical tests. I mean, they just are sort of never ending. So I think it is important to help um, have some good tools within the family for managing that test anxiety. Um, I think the first thing is to help understand most of our tendency to sort of go to the worst case scenario. Like if I bomb this test, I'm going to have to repeat the grade or my teacher's going to be so mad or they're going to kick me out of school or, you know, whatever the worst case scenario is, um, most of us are pretty good at getting there. Um, we call that catastrophizing, um, assuming that, you know, catastrophic things are going to happen. But of course, when we take a step back, especially as parents, we, we just know that those things are very rare, um, if maybe impossible, um, not, not going to happen at all. So I think it's important to talk with our kids about that. Like, okay, let's sit down and let's really understand the meaning of this test. With standardized tests, they're trying to, the, maybe the school district is trying to understand where um, the bulk of the kids are in terms of academic functioning at this point in time. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with if you're moving on to the next grade. It doesn't have anything to do with if you're a good student or a bad student or care about school or don't or, you know, I mean, so I think there's a way to to talk about it and kind of pick it apart so we're not just letting our brains barrel ahead to the worst case scenario. Um, understand what what the, the meaning of the test really is. And usually it's just one small piece of how teachers or schools or districts or states assess um, academic functioning. 
Um, but there's a lot of other pieces to that assessment too. And this is just one small part. That's a really good point. And I think as parents sometimes because, you know, the tests, there's, there's just so many, I feel like this time of year, especially here in Florida, you know, you have the standardized tests, like you mentioned, where it's kind of assessing where the school is and, you know, what levels the students are at and things like that. But then also, um, I think they're called like the EO, EOC or something um, with my seventh grader, you know, where it's a weighted grade kind of at the end of, of the year that really plays a huge factor. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy. Sometimes they can have a certain grade all year and this test, unfortunately, um, you know, really can bring that down or bring it up. So it could, it could go either way. But I think as parents understanding the tests, and like you said, helping the kids to understand, you know, kind of what what the results mean. Because I, I don't know that all, any of us all the time understand completely. We just know there's lots of tests. <laughs> right. And, and what are the other things that, um, like for your seventh grader, what are the other things that load on to that final grade? Is it um, completing homework? Is it participation in class? Is it attitude or effort, you know, and making sure we're giving those things, you know, attention to. It's easy to give attention to tests, um, but sometimes we don't um, fully appreciate and recognize all the other factors that go into success. Exactly. Now, what tips do you have for parents to help their kids prepare mentally for testing? So I think um, this can be part of a bigger, um, effort and part of the parents or just families in general to have strategies on board for managing stressful situations. So that might mean, um, trying out, you know, taking deep belly breaths, 10 of them, see if that, if that's something that feels good to your kids. Is it physical activity, you know, 20 jumping jacks and three push-ups and two burpees or something like that? Is it um, imagining kind of, you know, when people say, go to your happy place. Mm -hmm. um, so we, um, you know, visual kind of imagery. Is it helpful to think about being at the beach or being at the pool or being on the ski slope or Disney? Um, I think there are a lot of easy, um, free, quick strategies that we can um, learn and practice in not stressful periods of time so that when it is, say, testing season or got a doctor's appointment or something that's producing anxiety, you can say, oh, remember, um, let's do 20 jumping jacks together because that really helped last time. Or let's pretend we're at the beach as we're driving to school or what, you know, I think it's super helpful to um, talk about those things as a family and be really fluent in being able to pull up those strategies um, when needed. Those are great and really easy. Like you said, free and easy little things that you can do that don't take, take up a lot of time either. I'm going to have to implement that as dri we're driving to school, <laughs> especially with my seventh grader as she's... <laughs> Being well, so, so lovely to me. 
<laughs> well, and I think the other thing is a lot of these like um, deep breathing or progressive muscle re relaxation or visual visualization, these are things we can do and nobody else can tell we're doing them, which is really cool. So you can do it in the classroom, you can do it on stage, um, and it's just totally private, um, which makes them, I think, even more effective. Today's Healthy Bite is brought to you by Real Sweet by Dahlia Onions. Fun fact, Produce for Kids was started by Real Sweet as a way for the produce industry to give back, back in 2002. Monday, April 22nd, marks the kickoff of Vidalia season. The Vidalia onion's distinctive taste is derived from the combination of weather, water, and soil uniquely found within 20 South Georgia counties. So it is like a fine wine, people. The onions are available yearly and limited to a typical time period of April to August. Timing varies year to year. So Grace is here today with something she's cooked up using real sweet Georgia-grown sweet onions. So Grace, what do you have here today? So we've got one of my favorite Friday night dinners when you don't feel like cooking much. We've got a really tasty flatbread topped with caramelized onion, arugula, and goat cheese. That's Amanda taking a bite. <laughs> Definitely, I love this combination. <laughs> really tasty. Um, it's just got that savory and sweet combo that I love mm -hmm. with the balsamic, the sweet onions, of course, and then, you know, obviously the, we add some olive oil. The arugula is tossed in a little olive oil and salt and pepper just to, you know, balance out the sweetness. Yeah. What do you think? Well, that was a, a real true crunch right there, and it's amazing. Really good. Caramelized onions. Anything with caramelized onions is amazing, and like you said, the sweet, savory combination is perfect, and this looks like it's fairly simple to create. Yeah, and the great thing is you can just pick up a flatbread from the grocery store, pre-made. You don't have to worry about it. Just top it. You know, pop it in your oven for 10 minutes and dinner's ready. And it's definitely a hit with the kids and everyone pretty much who doesn't yeah. love pizza. Family favorite. Um, awesome. Well, we'll link up to the recipe in the show notes so that you can grab that and create your own. Now, what about, you know, tips for the morning of or the night before? I guess we all know kind of you should get a good night of sleep or, you know, have a big breakfast. I don't necessarily, I mean, I'll let you weigh in, but I don't, I don't change a whole lot because I like to kind of not make it seem totally like, you know, we're doing something different. But do you have any tips for that morning of or maybe the night before? You know, I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, years ago when my oldest kids were young, their school, I think, you know, of course, trying to be supportive, every day of testing, they had a big breakfast for the kids, um, which seemed great and was kind of fun. But I think what it ended up doing was, was sort of um, adding to this sense of anxiety, like, this is a big deal. And oh my gosh, we have to really fuel up. And mm -hmm. then of course, the parents were stressed because they were having to bring the food. I mean, it was just sort of a mess. So so I agree with you. Of course, having a decent breakfast, having a good night's sleep, getting plenty of water, those are good um, tips all the time. But I think you're right. If we make it too big of a deal, um, it can just make that anxiety and worry blossom. 
and and really make the whole situation much more difficult than it probably needs to be. Right. And of course, if you're not already doing those things, getting a good night of sleep and and having a healthy breakfast, probably things you should implement just in general, not not just on test days. Right. I know my older daughter, she's kind of in a phase right now where she's not, and, and I'm, I'm kind of the same where I'm not necessarily hung, super hungry when I first wake up. So it takes me some time. Sometimes I'll have lunch, you know, on the road or at my office. It just takes my stomach a little bit of time. And I see she's starting to kind of shift into that too. Um, so she'll grab a banana as she's going out the door, um, probably, you know, and then take a snack along w- with her in her backpack to have like mid morning. But I do make sure she's had some tests. I think it was last week and I made sure I made like, some make ahead breakfast burritos and things like that, that she could just easily heat up. So I made it more of a point last week <laughs> that she mm-hmm. had to have more than a banana. Um, so I did do things just a, a tad different, but I, I just wanted to make sure that she wasn't going to be hungry while she was taking the test because there's nothing worse than having your stomach growling while you're trying to focus and concentrate. True. Good point. Yes. All right. So all good stuff here for, for test taking. Now let's talk about once the results come back in, what advice do you have for parents to review results with their kids, especially, you know, if the results aren't the best? Well, I think, um, again, kind of having an understanding of how the schools um, are interpreting all of this. So I know that the schools around here, for the most part, have really changed how they present the um, the assessment results to the kids and families. They They actually kind of do a nice job of I don't know if downplaying, but keeping them in perspective, like this is one data point, you know, we may have one, you know, maybe 10 data points on, on each kid through the year. This is one or two of them. Um, So it's not inconsequential, but it's also not, um, you know, everything. Um, So I think, you know, we can, we as parents can adopt that same mentality um, that, you know, this is one data point. Let's, let's sit down and look at it. Um, but then be done with it. You know, we don't need to belabor it. We don't need to, um, punish or, you know, get into some huge big argument or conversation about how are you going to do different next year? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I just don't think that's when those results come back. I don't think that's the time to have those kind of conversations. Um, I think we look at it. Um, we understand it and then move on. You know, I think the other thing that sometimes is hard for parents is um, the the data that's produced from these evaluations can sometimes be really confusing. Um, I mean, there's a lot of statistics involved and not everybody has a great understanding of statistics, but it, it's important to have some understanding to be able to interpret them um, appropriately. So just making sure that you're, you're as knowledgeable as you can be as a parent. And I think leaning on teachers and schools to say, help me out. How do I talk about this um, in a way that's respectful and 
um, but also not, like I said, sort of catastrophizing the whole process. Yes, I felt last year I had a lot of confusion at the end of sixth grade whenever we had our testing results um, returned. And years past, I, I maybe I didn't have as much confusion in year in years past, but I don't think I realized to reach out to the school. And I did that last year and they were very helpful and I went into the school and they explained things to me and I felt so much better. And I was so glad that I took that little bit of time to just better understand what everything meant. And I felt better and I was able to help, you know, my daughter feel better too because, because I knew what I was looking at. Yeah. I mean, cause I think, I think it's important to remember that the people that um, develop these tests and come up with the grading and um, scoring of all these tests have had years of graduate study and statistics and probability and um, you know most parents don't have that <laughs> and that's fine um, but I think your point is well made like um, the educators are usually really excited to share their knowledge and their expertise um, in helping parents and kiddos understand what all those numbers mean. Yes. Well, then I have, you know, as far as talking about results, my younger daughter, she doesn't hear, she sees a number and then her ears are closed. You know, she's, it's, things have been a little bit more difficult with her because I just have to be very careful. Like before we sit down, I can't show her a number. She can't see a grade on a test. You know, of course, if it's a great grade, then that's fine. But, you know, if she sees something, it automatically, you can see her wheels spinning and she's upset and she's sad and she's, you know, I can tell she's just, it devastates her. It's almost like you, I want to hide these things from her, but I know that's not not the right thing to do either. So I almost have to like, flip things with her where I keep the results to myself and talk her through before we look at those results together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I think that's another good point. I, all of our kids are so different. What works for one may not for another. Um, some kids get really worked up. Some don't seem to care at all. I mean, and, and that's all normal. It's totally normal to have completely different um, reactions to these sorts of things. Well, great. Well, thank you for taking the time to chat today. I knew I wanted to, I know you're very busy, so we appreciate your time. I wanted to just hop on. I know it's a hot topic right now with test taking season. Um, We'll actually be linking up in the show notes to an article that Dr. Stephanie is is writing for the Produce for Kids blog. And then we will also link up to any other resources, um, you know, over in the show notes if you guys want to head over there. So thank you so much, Dr. Stephanie. Thanks for having me. Thank you to everyone listening to today's episode. I really hope these tips give you a little more confidence in managing the pressure around testing. You can find more from Dr. Stephanie on the Produce for Kids blog at ProduceForKids.com and also at DrStephanieSmith.com.
We are growing. Yay. Every week I am in awe as I see our listener numbers climb and know that we are making an impact in your lives. If you like the Healthy Family Project, which I hope you do, tell a friend and leave us a rating. It will only help our visibility so we can continue to create a healthier generation. If you want to tweet with me direct, I'm at Amanda M. Kiefer on Twitter, and I want to hear from you. Please let me know what topics you'd like us to cover, any feedback you have, all of that is welcome. And as always, you can find Produce for Kids on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.